Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. speaking the very first one of 2020 2020 wow it's crazy yeah, we it's made crazy. it to 2020 i thought maybe we'd have like a y2k but for 2020 oh, you thought everything would shut down what were you like three when y2k happened How old were i you was i was three you're right yeah uh, wow wow that, that was but i have vivid memories of you know my parents stressing for the apocalypse so were they were they, were they hunkering down no, uh, they, they didn't care the at all. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we were all going to wipe get wiped out, and they were like, eh, it's fine. Nice. So, yeah, but 2020, well, anyway. I'm glad we made it to this decade, yeah. Me too. Um, we got a new episode to start off the year. We've interviewed Casey Ross at Axe in the Oak Whiskey. Um, great conversation. I love just getting to know this guy. Met him coincidentally at a whiskey and cigar night uh, fireside that. night yeah so um and that cool about sums him up right there <laughs> yeah basically you know whiskey and fireside chats I, I don't think he talks unless there's whiskey in the, in the vicinity <laughs> i think so and you did have some in your vicinity during the he was gracious gracious to bring it to you again nothing would have happened we would have stared at each other for 45 minutes it would have been <laughs> offered so we appreciate it in bringing that good conversation that's our tagline right it's sharing stories one drink at a time and yes. And that's what exactly did. what happened. Yeah. Exactly. No, w- what I love about this conversation is, I mean, he totally encompasses like the Axe and the Oak brand that he represents. You know, it's passion for good whiskey, like the outdoors, good conversation. And I know that's something that you and I value a ton as well. And so it just seemed like an awesome conversation between you guys. You know? Yeah, he definitely embodies the brand that he mm-hmm. he's created. It isn't like this what he's wanting to get to. It's just mm-hmm. very much a continuation of who he is as a person. So Definitely. it is a good conversation talking about his, the, the risks of starting a business, sort of the fears associated with that. I love his honesty. Um, yeah, it was awesome just because we saw him be an example of somebody who took a leap into entrepreneurship, you know, which is super scary. And as we talked about in our last season, you know, we went through fears and we went mm-hmm. through these scary stories where people are like, this is what I want to do, but I have this stability or this security that I'm coming from. So is it worth the risk? And, you know, Casey is a perfect example of somebody who kind of answered that call and it's paying off. You know, he loves what he's doing. He's successful. Um, he's made a name and a brand for himself and his team. So it's so yeah. cool to see that success story happen. And I loved just how he kind of walked us through his whole career, you know, and mm-hmm. what brought him to where he's at today. Yeah, it's exciting. Look forward to see where his business goes in 2020. And he shares a little bit about that too, like what's next for the business. So it's exciting to hear as well. Absolutely. If you're in so, the area, you have to stop by this year and I need to get out there myself. Yeah, <laughs> we were out there. We, we did a little holiday uh, trip over there uh, with some friends who were in, in visiting with us and loved it over there. Loved the vibe at the Whiskey House. And you've definitely got to trek back out of here and we'll make sure we stop in there for sure so definitely (laughs) cool hopefully enjoy the conversation grab a bourbon sit down listen enjoy so you're like a kind of a rare coloradan uh 
from my perspective at least. I haven't, I've only been out here about six months, so I haven't met a lot of people who are native to the to the area, especially Colorado Springs yeah, native. Yeah. yeah, the rare breed. Yeah. Yeah. You you were born and raised here, right? I was indeed. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's it's home. I just I love it and been all over the world, but I uh I don't see myself ever moving anywhere else for sure. Yeah. What was life like back in the day? Like I said, I've got six months under my belt, but what was Colorado Springs back like back in the day? Uh, you know, it was great. Um, we were fortunate enough to kind of grow up in a, just a cool little community downtown and then below UCCS in the Cragmore area. And I still have like super, super close friends um, really tight relationships from, from way back in the day. Um, and yeah, it was, it was good. I remember it snowing, the snowstorms being a lot more fierce, mm, but yeah. it might be because I was just smaller, yeah. but, but I just remember getting pummeled when we were little. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty mild as a, as of late last several years, but, uh, yeah, it was great. I had the great. same thought cause we, I grew up in South Bend, Northern part of Indiana. We used to get a ton of lake effect snow off Lake Michigan mm-hmm. In my memory, we used to, like every time it snowed, it'd be nine feet, and you know <laughs> yeah. we'd be out there for no school for three weeks. But I was just thinking, like, just recently, if that was just sort of my like, I didn't log away the sunny days when there was no snow, you know. So, yeah, was it really as snowy as we as remember? Probably or probably not. Yeah. yeah, we could have the whole uh, <laughs> global global warming conversation if yeah, we want. But, sure. um, what kind of kid were you growing up? Were you? Pretty quiet, pretty introverted, precocious. How would no. you describe yourself? The Ross Bros. We were kind of all we were honoring and all over the place. And, yeah, uh, and you know my my parents were hard workers, and uh, so we would get out of school and go to the park and play basketball and until dinner time. Mm-hmm. So we'd, it was basketball, bikes, and out hiking around, playing yeah. with buddies. So Bic- that was it. Bicycles, bikes, and. Or wait, what'd you say? Basketball, basketball bikes. bikes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basketball bikes and break dancing actually. Is oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't really talk about that anymore, <laughs> but yeah, that was part of it. I just found out you and I just met recently, and you told me about that. And I just found out it's going to be an Olympic sport uh, in the, the twenty twenty four. It's, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Like it's crazy to see how far it's come. And yeah, yeah. My family, especially my little brother Rocky, has been really heavily involved and mm-hmm. was in a lot of different breakdance crews and. Won some competition, yeah. It's it's just really neat where where that sport's going. Yeah. What kind of a family were you in? Was it fairly conservative, pretty liberal? I mean, politically, but also maybe religiously. I mean, where? How would you? How would you? Uh, yeah. Um, Christian now didn't grow up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. um, but uh, had two just wonderful parents. My my parents were awesome. Um, they ended up divorced when I was about twelve. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were kind of kind of in the middle of things. Yeah. We weren't very like super conservative, super liberal. We were kind of just right smack dab in the middle. And, yeah. Um, just, uh, yeah, just hanging and loving on people. Yeah, that's awesome. And you were the middle child, right? Middle man. Yeah. Yeah. How did that, how have you seen that middle spot affect kind of the way you live your life, how you look at things? Ah, uh, you know, it's funny because when I, when I talk to other people that are the middle sibling, mm-hmm. um, you know, something, sometimes we're like, dead on we're the same person or we're like who who are you like we are on, on the ever <laughs> realms. Yeah. yeah so it, it just it just depends but it was great 
it was great growing up. I have two awesome brothers. Um, they're both here in town. Mm. And, uh, we we still get along really really good. So yeah. you know, some siblings can't stand each other, and we uh, w- thankfully we live less than a you know mile apart from yeah. each of them, and they're they're wonderful. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. You guys still stay connected. My family, we're kind of spread all over the U.S., so yeah. we do well when we're with each other, but there's not a whole lot of interaction uh, between, right. between visits, so that's cool. You guys can, you like being around each other and stuff. Love so. it. yeah. Yeah. What was the age gap between the three of you? Uh, let's see here. Uh, about two years on my, uh, a year and a half on my little brother mm-hmm. and about uh, two years on my big bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How did, um, how did the divorce kind of affect, like what kind of role do you feel like you took on in, in that kind of birth order for your brothers and for yourself? Yeah, that one, um, we we kind of all hungered down with mom mm. and uh, dad kind of went and did his thing. Yeah, And uh, we weren't too keen on my dad for a while uh, after all that for about four years. But uh, yeah, I, I can honestly say like he is the one of the coolest guys mm. I know. And uh, yeah, grateful for uh, uh, the restoration of our our relationship, but uh, yeah, he's you know he's pops and yeah. um, and he's yeah super strong man, super just like even kill. Yeah, um, nothing nothing gets to him and uh, love him to death. Yeah, mom yeah. and dad are both alive. Both alive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And they're both local too. Yes, sir. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. What kind of a student were you? Awful. I was were the you? worst student. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Besides, like probably girls and uh, basketball yeah. and with my buddies um, I was I was the worst <laughs> I was the worst student and uh, always from not just like the divorce or stuff like that didn't affect that you were just always serious. no I was always just I just wasn't in, into uh, sitting down I guess I'm too impatient mm-hmm. um, I could never get in you know grasp a lot of what was going on didn't have the uh, you know the, the capacity or the want yeah. at the time I just wanted to go have fun and do, do For sure. what I wanted to do and uh, yeah I remember uh, my mom holding all of us back in first grade okay and I think it was probably a good a good thing for for the Ross Bros and like my son, he's five. And yeah. We're starting him late. Yeah. Because we need all the time we can get. For sure. Like we, yeah, we're not the brightest brightest bunch. <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, no, it was uh, it was good. But like I had I had my uh, I had a '65 Chevy as a freshman in high school. Oh wow! And so I didn't spend much time at school. I was just always all my friends were older, so yeah. Go, it is. It was crazy, just go and do my thing. And then I think at the end of my sophomore year, the counselor sat down. And was like, Mr. Ross, I don't think you're gonna graduate <laughs> if you stick, you stick to, to your, your current plan. Your current uh, yeah. drive off campus uh, plan. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was bad. It oh was gosh, bad. but uh, so after that, I hunkered down. It and did kick you in the butt a little bit. It you did, got you. It did for sure, and uh, graduated uh, with, with the best grades I had ever mm. had in my life. Yeah, literally. And uh, then I went to trade school, automotive school, and um, and that was something that I was passionate about that I really, really loved, and mm-hmm. I did really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. When did you start? I know you went off to Wyoming Tech yep. up in Laramie. When did you sort of get into the trade? When did that, was that a high school? That was when you started getting interested in that? It was, yeah. yeah. I, uh, 
My dad can can barely replace a battery in a car. <laughs> my mom, she was a total gearhead. Oh, really? Interesting. Had amazing yeah. cars. That's awesome. She had, she, she That's had, how you got the '65 Chevy through your mom. I mean, well, it was uh, you know, she we've always been a Chevy family. Okay. And my I have a, two uncles. One's a big Mopar guy. One's a big Chevy guy. But I grew up tinkering and taking lawnmowers apart, and it was just uh, something that I had always loved. Yeah. Um, always loved racing. Grew up kind of racing dirt bikes and cars and. And uh, yeah, so that '65 Chevy was my my first love, mm. and uh, yeah, my, uh, that's that's kind of where I got it was was my family, my yeah. mom and my uncles, yeah. Chevy what? What was it? It was a '65 Chevy Biscayne that Biscayne. I yeah, yeah I bought it. You know, it was a two door post, small block, kind of a grocery getter to grandma car, <laughs> and I turned it into a high horse, six hundred yeah. horse monster. Oh and, gosh, uh, and did a lot of drag racing in that car. Interesting. Yeah, my di- my brother. So I have a half brother who's 12 years older than I am, 14 years older than I am. And he, I remember him and my dad, uh, so it would have been his stepdad out tinkering with the cars because we didn't have a lot of money going up. So they would get a, a junker and just spend some time fixing it up outside. And by that, by that time I was just, you know, just five or six years old, wasn't that interested. Um, and we didn't have a garage, so they were just sort of out on the street, just doing what they could out there. And, uh, I just didn't get blessed with those same things. My dad would always try to pull me in and, hey, let's work on the brakes today. And of course I was just like, this, I need to be out playing with my friends. I wasn't yeah. interested. In, but now I kind of wish I still had some of those skills just to save a few bucks and do some of that right. stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, it always helps. Um, even though of course nowadays it's harder to tinker on cars than it was back in the day. For sure, yeah. Um, so then you went, what kind of brought you up to Laramie? What was what was it about that tech school? Were there some friends going up that way or how did you? Um, I did have some really close friends going up with me. And so all throughout high school for, so for four years, I was working at a shop here locally called super lube and, and, uh, during yeah. high school and so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then graduated from Wasson a month after that, I, I packed up the truck and, and moved up to Laramie and Wyoming tech is, um, it's kind of a automotive school that's really well well known. I, okay. I went to Phoenix a couple times and toured UTI. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing I liked about Wyoming Tech was their street rod program. Oh, okay. And so I went with the goal of uh, of going and working for Boyd Coddington, Chip Foose, the Brizio brothers, mm-hmm. or coming back here and opening up a speed shop. And uh, I got engaged and went straight into management. It was really funny, but that's why I went to that school, and I got a lot of a lot of knowledge and hired yeah. straight out of school and stuff. But I didn't follow my my your my, goal path. Yeah, yeah, my goal path. Yeah, interesting. Um, you got is that a two year school, four year school? What is it? It was a two year. Okay. Yeah. And so, how did you meet your fiance at the time up up there in college? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I was trying to, you know. I was trying to get a macho automotive job, but everybody yeah. in town was going to that school and already had all those jobs uh, mm. picked off. And so I was the coolest bakery boy in Albertsons <laughs> you could you you'd ever meet. Oh, and, for uh, sure. And uh, so where there's a uh, a bakery boy, okay. there's always a deli girl. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It's yeah. the old story we yeah. all know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we fell in love and and uh, ended up moving back here and. Uh, Blah blah. That's a long story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, she's from this way, or how did you? She was. Up? She was. She was from Wheatland, Wyoming. Okay. Um, and uh, we kind of uh, split, and then I found my my current wife. That's amazing. Yeah, Ross. Yeah. So then you came back here after school. 
what did you, what kind of career did you get into? Obviously you kind of wanted a different path than you wanted to get into yeah. after college. Where'd you, where'd you land after that? Yeah, I got hired straight out of school by uh, Saturn of Chapel Hills. Then I worked for Philong Ford Chapel Hills, worked for Bob Pincus Volvo Mazda. And then I got into like entertainment and all that stuff, the entertainment industry. What kind of, you, what kind of stuff did you do at the, just sort of auto body repair? Uh, no, I was a, a service advisor, service manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, talk about that transition from that industry into the... Uh, yeah, it was a kind of a weird, weird thing. But yeah. um, we'll as we were that. talking about my little brother being a break dancer, we, we kind of all danced. And, and he got a job on Bob the Builder uh, theater show hmm. um, touring the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And he, he called me one night. He's like, hey, they, they need a head carpenter. And... I was kind of at the point getting burnt out because I wasn't using my hands. I wasn't uh, working on cars. Yeah. I was dealing with people all day, yeah. handling the heat. And, and so I was kind of over it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I flew to Dallas to audition in a room for, full of uh, agents and actors and portfolios and blah, blah. And I was the little guy in the corner like, why am I here? And I, I went, I, you know, I can't act, I can't dance, <laughs> but I can drive anything. Yeah. And part of it was the, that you had these million-dollar animatronic hydraulic electric machines. Mm. So um, I got the part of Rolly the steamroller. Nice. And uh, I can see that for and sure. And then they cross-trained me to be the head cart for the the tour. Um, and I kind of just yeah uh, fell in the right camp. And uh, my production manager was Jake Barry, and he's the one that got the Stones touring here back in the day. Mm. And he's done everything in rock and roll. And uh, so did that tour, and then kind of a career mutt man i just uh, have bounced all over the place from uh from fire to marketing for healthcare campuses to uh just all all these random things yeah um, um and many obviously automotive jobs in between and then it just, i just kept getting calls for the road for a theater and um and so i did bob the builder then i did walking with dinosaurs and then i did as uh, batman's uh production stage manager hmm. And so I, I toured all over the world yeah. with those, and uh, then I got back, and in between tours, I would uh, work for a company here locally, based in Belgium, but uh, headquartered in Black Forest, Colorado, mm -hmm. called Stage Co., and they built the, the largest black steel rock and roll staging in the world. Mm. And uh, so I, I would weld and fabricate for them uh, in between theater gigs, and then when I finished Batman, they hired me as a project manager. Um, and so I would kind of just work with production teams yeah. and, and uh, get some uh, some staging ready for for these big tours. Did you? How did you process sort of just jumping from career to career to industry to industry? Did that sit well with you? Did you feel like you were sort of had no path? Um, were you happy with sort of the the, the change of pace a, a lot? Yeah, uh, you know, in high school, working all four years at the same sh shop, same job. I thought I would be that guy that would graduate mm -hmm. from automotive school and just just be there for the rest yeah. of my life, you know. Um, and you know, God kind of really took me on a on a whirlwind uh, career-wise. Um, and honestly, it's been great. I've met some incredible people through mm -hmm. it all. I have amazing friend, uh, friends in every realm, yeah. every career path that <laughs> I sure. took. I have some solid friends. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. In each of them, and. Um, uh, so I, w I wouldn't change it for for anything. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So let's transition into your current role. Yeah. How did so? I mean, you 
what kind of crossroads kind of met to make that happen? I mean, if you go to your website, it's you know it's five guys sitting together over fire, um, and you're talking about sort of thing, but transition a little bit into this touring the world into mm-hmm. into you know d- yeah. distilling. Uh, that's that's a jump. So I'm sure you did some stuff in between there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was on Batman. One of my one of my closest friends in the world, uh, you know, are, are some of my partners. So like Jason Jackson and Eric Baldini, and, and so I'd come home off the road for two weeks yeah. every three months or so, and we'd go to Jason's out in Black Forest, and uh, we hunt. So we you know cook up a pig or an elk, yeah. and we play some washers or some cornhole, and uh, grill up some food, and um, and a lot of it literally like a you know. Some some people some businesses just say oh yeah it started around a fire this one actually actually did it actually like, did yeah yeah like just having a good time barbecues with friends yeah. out in Black Forest and so we started making beer and then we kind of you know started making moonshine and then heavy chip all just it. for yourself not for oh, for yeah. everything yeah just just tinkering you know yeah. and then I would go back out on the road for three or four months and come back and products that you know just started getting better and better yeah, and, better yeah. and better and then. Uh, Everyone was like, "Gosh, you, this is good. You guys need to, you guys need to do it." Yeah. And uh, I really wanted to start a family and and move move forward with things here locally. At that point, you were married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd been married for uh, ten years. Ten years, okay. Yeah. And was she just to tr- transition a little bit off the yeah yeah of that story? Had she traveled with you? Was she sort of staying here at home? What was her? No, she did. She didn't do the first. We met after my first tour. And then a year into our marriage, Jake Berry, the production manager, kept, he was just persistent. And uh, I turned him down four times. Uh, I, I tend to turn things down four times. I turned, <laughs> I turned the, the blind date down four times nice. for my wife before I met her. This podcast you turned down four times. So you found totally, yeah. totally. And then I was like, ah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I turned him down four times before I actually took the job. Mm. And m- my wife, Mundy, she's amazing. Super hard worker. Um, uh, and she had never worked a day in her life in theater. Mm. And we were doing rehearsals for Walking with Dinosaurs in Tacoma, Washington. And I went to Jake one day, and I was it's about probably about two months in. And I'm like, Jake, Jake, I'm not, I'm not going to last long. You know, I've been married for a year. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just want to let you know that. I'll probably uh, get you through rehearsals and stuff, but if if I can't get my wife out here yeah. to tour with me, uh, I'm going home. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and I, you know, I could just tell. You know, Monday was was lonely. She was mm-hmm. just, you know, I, we we were both hurt, and we had only only been married for that stinking year, and yeah. I, I just took off. So, um, so she stepped on board that tour, which was a you know th- thirty six tractor trailer loads. Um, yeah. it, was a, it was a big theater show. Yeah, um, and she walked on as the assistant stage manager. And interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we had it was a Australian based. All the dinosaurs were built in uh, Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. and most of the crew came from there. Okay. And the assistant stage manager was heading back to Australia uh, for another gig, and uh, it just like the timing was perfect. Mm-hmm. So she stepped on as assistant stage manager. She worked up uh, all the way to company manager, yeah. assistant company manager. And then, 
yeah she she did that tour with me and then she came out on batman with me and mm-hmm. she she got a dress uh dress all the batmans <laughs> so and Perfect. one of them is uh sam hewen which is on outlander which is the sexiest man in scotland ah that's so, um, that's who my wife's really interested in well, right now. yeah, yeah interesting so we used to go i'm sure she really struggled through that part of her career. oh it was rough for her very rough yeah <laughs> That's hilarious. Hilarious. How did you guys actually meet? Let's actually, I know we're kind of going a little out of order, but what was the meeting there? Um, Yeah, uh, we met a guy at a a men's retreat Hmm. and kind of, uh, that was over the weekend, Wednesday, we hooked back up just to do a little, little recap with the dudes. And this guy's name was Jeremy Bakel. And he goes, he was talking to my dad when I got there and he was like, I didn't hardly know this guy. And he's Mm -hmm. like, we need to find Casey a wife. <laughs> and like three minutes later, he's like, I got the perfect girl. Oh, wow. And he's like, come out, come out with us Friday. And I said, no. And of course. he called me three other times and I said, no. <laughs> and then the fifth time, I think, uh, he, I was like, okay, cool. Okay, you're persistent. Mm-hmm. I'll go out. We'll have a good night, blah, blah. I had no idea about this girl. Mm. I, did, I didn't even know her name. Okay, yeah. And then Friday rolled around and she calls me. And she's like, Casey, this is Monday. Are you coming out tonight? And I was like, what are, who is this? Yeah. You know, but I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure. coming, I'm coming. And so I picked her up at her condo that night. We had a blind date with that other couple. Okay, double yeah. date. I went to uh, the Olive Branch, which is now Red Gravy downtown. Okay. And uh, had a good night. Um, both of us walked away with like, oh, a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Know a lot of the same people. But we're like, ah, oh, we'll probably be like mountain bike buddies or hiking buddies. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. But um, over the weekend, her her ski rack fell off of her car mm. going to Copper Mountain. And her car got kind of jacked up. Oh, gotcha. I'm a mechanic. Yeah. She calls me and she's like, hey, can you look at my car? Look down her car after work. And uh, she's like, well, I was pulling out of her driveway. And she's like, hey, do you want to go get dinner? And so we went to the loop in Manitou. Okay. And we were there for four hours, like just talking about stuff that we shouldn't have been talking about, just like life goals and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then the next Because it's not really a date. It's just sort of hanging out. It was you, just hanging out, yeah. yeah. And then the next week, she went to uh, a wedding. She's from Oklahoma. She went to a wedding. One of her friends got married in Oklahoma. She drove back through this nasty blizzard. Mm. And I, I bought my first house down in Pueblo West. So she stopped by my house chilled out for a little bit and I followed her back to the Springs, mm-hmm. went to a restaurant, stayed there for four or five hours, just talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Well, this is at two weeks, two and a half weeks, her parents drive up from Texas to meet me. Wow. So everything was like moving like super yeah. fast and everything. I, I proposed at three weeks and we, it sounds like it was moving at the pace you wanted it to. Though, too. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with it. yeah. yeah. And, um, so I, I proposed in three weeks and then we got married at six months from me. Oh, wow. So we okay. met, uh, March 4th, got married September 4th, 2005. Okay. Mm-hmm. How old were you at that? Point? I was 25. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's an, and yeah, that's crazy. I was married at 24. Didn't have the same sort of experience you had. Mine was much more almost, I wouldn't say matched. We were matched through our parents, but it felt a little bit like we were (laughs) doing a lot of things based on our parents' desires for, you know, timetable and um, who we'd have in the wedding, all that kind of stuff. And we we often talk about like redoing the wedding altogether because we felt like it really wasn't ours to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I always thought that was because of my age, but you're 25, you're making some decisions, you know, for yourself. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
So she went on tour with you, and then you were on. Let's let's go back to sort of like. Mm-hmm. Now you're coming back to Black Forest. You're doing some stuff with some brewing, distilling, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, so got off the road. Kind of, I was working for Stageco. Yeah, and then we kind of fired Axe and the Oak up. Um, and it was, you know, it was a hobby that we were like, ah, you know, let's just try something. We had no idea, no idea what we were doing okay. at all. In, in, in distilling or in running a business or all of the above? What? Uh, kind of, kind of all of the above. Yeah. Cause I was, my, my goal and before the whiskey thing was getting off the road and starting a fabrication shop and mm-hmm. building cars and motorcycles and custom furniture and all that stuff. And I had everything all set up and situated, okay, all yeah. the tooling and, um, got my LLC and blah, blah. So, um, yeah, we decided to push forward with the whiskey and before you submit your application, you have to have your brick and mortar. You have to have mm-hmm. all of your equipment. So it was a gigantic risk for us. Yeah. We had a, you know, we didn't have a, a huge amount of money into it, but for us, we had a lot of money in it. Yeah. This isn't a work out of your house kind of no, job. Yeah. yeah. And we had to sit on, we sat on that for nine months. Mm. We had to pay on that for nine months. We couldn't touch the equipment. And, um, and we finally got our approval, man. And we yeah. just kind of got rocking and rolling. And, uh, we were, yeah, I guess we were about three months in. No one knew us at all. So for, for a marketing thing, I just, I yeah. entered the Denver International and the North American Bourbon and Whiskey Competition. Yeah. Not expecting a thing. For sure. Be like, hey, uh, we're, we're little lax neo. Yeah. You could at least promote that you were in, in the competition, right? You did yeah. six, of course, hey. didn't expect to win, but hey, no, we're no, competing yeah. in this. Yeah. And we didn't, we, we, uh, we, we took two silvers. Oh, that's awesome. So, and two really big competitions. Mm. And uh, then, you know, since then we've, we've taken stuff in San Francisco International and New York International and our ride the last two years has, has won uh, gold and yeah. whiskeys of the world our bourbon stick silver and whiskeys of the world which those awards I mean that's that's confirmation that you're not just having a buddy saying this is good stuff yeah, you know good, bro. yeah and you're like you know it's like your mom or dad saying wow you're really great at this and it's it doesn't mean a whole lot I mean it means something but you just know you're not getting that objective view exactly exactly and like the the competitions that you hit you know, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And then the second year it's best in class. Yeah. Wow. And it, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty neat. What do you attribute that success to? Is it it's just good, dumb luck? I mean, you kind of described a little bit like we didn't know what we were doing. So how do you no, get, yeah, you got we just kind of, uh, buckled down and, uh, and really honed into our craft. And we, mm-hmm. I guess it was about three years in, we, um, we came to a point where we we tripled production, quadrupled sales, and we started depleting our barrels. Mm. And the system that we were on wasn't keeping up. Yeah, and uh, really didn't have the the buku bucks that everyone else has yeah. uh, going into distillation. So you didn't so, have any investors at all. It was just your own money you thrown in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we had to make a hard decision. We never wanted to do any blending. Um, but in order to keep our doors open, yeah. we, we had to. Yeah. And I, I really felt bad, and I have some really good friends in, in the distillation industry. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where yeah, I, I reached out to a bunch of them. I was like, man, I'm, you know, it really stinks, but this is what we're going to have to do. And, and all of them were super supportive. Mm. Like, of course, yeah, d- you know, do it. Yeah. And um, had they had to do the same thing? Uh, some of them had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been a, been a few of them that have been able just to crank and, and mm. hold down the fort with making their own product. And I'm, you know, I'm super happy for them. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to them. 
But uh, I was really nervous about all that because I was like, well, we're bringing in a, a, a source bourbon, a source dry. How, how are we going to stay consistent? Yeah. And, um, you know, we've become, I don't know we, if we have a, the, we, the schooling or the, the title to call ourselves master blenders, mm. but we can blend our asses off. <laughs> and um, and we've, we've become really, really good at it yeah. to where if, if some of these other distilleries ran into the issue that we had, they'd have a lot, a lot to learn because it's, it's, it's not super easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been able to keep our product consistent, um, blending our product in with our sourced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's honestly, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. Um, doing it that way. So, so yeah, it was uh, just like a man, huge, it's, huge, uh, yeah, you know, huge weight off of our shoulders. Yeah. Breath of fresh air. Um, but it was at the time, bro, it was nerve wracking. Oh, for sure. But you know, that's, I mean, that's that resiliency of an entrepreneur, you know, if you got to find a way to make that, make that work. Got to do it. Um, what about, what I'm curious about though, too, is you talked about having, you were all set up to sort of get into that, you know, um, auto industry and you had all the equipment and ready to go. And you know, there's a lot of shit that's talked about over a fire. Like we should do this, and of course, as more drinks come, it's like even better ideas you should run after. So, how did what was it about this idea that it was it seemed viable enough to sort of step away from what you're wanting to do and actually run after it versus versus just another great idea around a fire? Like what what about it was worth running after? Yeah. Especially since you didn't have a ton of like right. you had some ex, some dabbling of, of your own experience, but nothing like you know we're selling stuff nothing before. Professional, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was probably at the time it was the individuals that were uh, were in the mix, mm. you know, uh, Jason and Eric and Scott, um, and uh, I have another partner, Mike Helwedge, and and so yeah, we just uh, I don't know, man. It yeah. was just one of those things where we made it happen, and um, it was uh, it was nerve wracking and I, I have to say when I started this I had a full time job with benefits okay yeah you know I had a um, I had a, a side gig with mm-hmm. my, my furniture custom company yeah it was called Camp Fabrication and and so I had some backups yeah at the time some fallbacks yeah. some fallbacks yeah. for sure um, but the whole thing was like uh, it was yeah, it was nerve wracking for sure but was exciting it, was it also nerve wracking to kind of go in with some friends, you know, you got some support with these guys who you've known a lot, but was that also a little scary of like, you know, is this going to impede our friendships? Are we going to make, put those at risk for the sake of this business? Or did you not even think about that or care about that? Or did you know, like the relationships were solid enough that they were going to fight through this? Yeah, I, I was, um, I didn't want to have a lot of partners. Okay. And it kind of started with, uh, with Jay and I, and then Eric and then, then Scott wanted in and then, you know, so it just kind of, and I was like, oh man, I don't, you know, it's yeah. it, honestly, you know, it wasn't something I wanted or we wanted. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I've heard some horror stories Yeah, yeah. Uh, in business and small business. And, and I am so thankful for the partners that I have mm-hmm. um, and the way that we've been able to work through uh, different issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never been any crazy blow ups or anything like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I met with, uh, with two of them 
yesterday for for a big meeting and yeah. and then i'm um, driving down to to texas to pick hunt with my buddy jason tomorrow that's so, awesome uh we're really yeah still really uh close friends and doing well and yeah um you know it's it's not always the case but i'm i'm really happy and thankful it that's how it's worked out for that's us. great yeah, yeah i've had a couple of clients who've been friends and have made me leery of of taking on them as clients or, or friends as clients which can be different than partnerships you know you're serving them and you know yeah. they're paying you for your services but sometimes it get, you, you just always you hear the stories as you said and you're hesitant sometimes um paint a little picture about the you know you kind of had this desire to to put a product out there um but it sounds like it was a little bit more driven by just your desire to to create it um did you also though see like a need in the industry? Like what was the landscape at back then? I mean, were you competing against a lot of people? Was there a, like we need this in this space or what, where were you at back then? Yeah, when when we first got going, um, 291 had had released. So 291, Michael Myers was the first one here in the Springs. Um, and then Lee Spirits in, in Axe and the Oak, we kind of came on uh, at the same time. And now there's, shoot, 11, 12, 13 distilleries just here. Yeah. Um, so we saw we saw a need. Okay. And when we saw, um, we were like, man, it, you know, if we can kind of pull this off, we're going to be right ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, j- just like for, as far as the fire department, all the code and everything here, we, the first five distilleries were, we had a five-year grace period mm. on, on coming up to code and, um because the fire department, when we first started, they had no idea what to do with us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've been they Colorado Springs Fire Department's been been really great and been working with us. And, That's awesome. Um, you know, if they had to put in that code, they would have put every distillery out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they've really worked well with us. Um, so yeah, it, it's neat, and and I'm 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 grateful for the time we got in because if yeah. we got any any later, it would have been a lot more difficult for us. Yeah. yeah. How about buyers, consumers? Were they, where were they at in that space? I mean, you, there's much more demand for that product nowadays. I feel like, but mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15 years ago, that was sort of um, a niche sort of experience. So how did what was the marketplace like that for consumers? Were they ready for that? Did they need to be persuaded? Or like, what is this product? Why do you why do you need it? Where were they at? Yeah, I think um, when we first got in, I think everyone was ready. You know, mm-hmm. they had been on the craft brew thing yeah. for several years. And, oh, cool, all these whiskey distillers are coming in. And the good thing about Colorado is they support local like crazy. Yeah. And so we thought it was going to be, oh, man, we're going to door to door. And we're mm-hmm. gonna have to, yeah, it's going to be really hard to sell. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, first couple of liquor stores we walk in, it was just like, yeah, yeah, heck, <laughs> we'll you're it. local, you're from here. What are you talking about? You know, it was just like, oh, it's, you know, take my money type of thing. That's and, awesome. Um, and then, you know, selling to them and then getting a reorder. It was like, you <laughs> called me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing calling me? That's, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just the name too. Can you give me a quick like? Is there a great story behind the name? Is it sort of like you were sitting yeah. next to an axe and you were saw an oak? I mean, what, what totally. were you? Yeah. No. no, we wanted to be, uh, you know, looking at whiskey. And this is one of the conversations around around the fire. But we wanted to be kind of geared around the Prohibition era. 
Mm -hmm. So all the federal agents had an ax with them to to puncture all the distillation Mm -hmm. equipment and bust up all the barrels. Mm -hmm. Um, So on our first business cards, we have a, you know, have the original photo of a federal agent with an ax over his shoulder walking through the woods in Kentucky looking for a makeshift distillery. Um, So that's what we're, you know, and it it was, we were looking for spaces out in Callahan because we were looking for cheap real estate for the distillery. Yeah. I was in the truck. I was like, guys, you know, what, what about uh, ax in the cask? And we got back to the house that night, yeah. and we had a couple drinks, uh-huh. and it didn't come out as axe and cats. <laughs> it came out as something very, for sure, very yeah. different. Yeah, so axe and the oak, yeah, um, is what we settled on, and uh, yeah, it's worked mm. out good. That is a good story. Um, I just always found this fascinating about how people get to the to the name of their yeah keel. I'm always people ask about keel how we got there, but. It's actually from a Bob Dylan lyric I heard on the way back from a flight from Wyoming, I think. And the picture isn't always the greatest picture. He talks about like he's on his knees looking at a girl through the through the keyhole. But what I like about it was just that visual of like helping businesses get to the other side of the door, you know, like trying to get to the, the things they want to do and the things oh, they yeah. want to accomplish. And how do we help you get to that? You can see it, but how do you get to the other side of that? That's cool. So it comes from that picture. It's not always the best, best story I want to tell, but at the same time, it has a good visual. Mm-hmm. What, um, you know, you talk about like wanting to create an opportunity for people to sit around, share some stories, you know, share life. Are there other things that you're intentional other than just sort of creating a great product, which is, which is a huge step. Are there other things you're intentional about with your brand to create those opportunities for people, create that experience for people? Yeah, that was a, 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 you know, big of an intention. We wanted people to sit down, have a glass of whiskey Mm -hmm. and talk. Yeah. That's why you go down to the whiskey house. There's no TV. Yeah. There's no nothing to sidetrack you except for music, uh, um, which you know it, it just it just helps the vibe. Yeah, it generates down, conversation yeah, sometimes for sure. Exactly. Um, but we're all about that. Mm-hmm. You know, being born and raised here, loving Colorado Springs, loving how far it's come in the last five to ten years, mm. seeing where it's going currently is really exciting, and we. We really just wanted to create a space and a product that people can sit down and enjoy and chill out with each other and just uh, you know, one get to get to know each other yeah. or keep building on a relationship type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's interesting from that perspective because obviously you're a business owner, so you're loving the growth that's happening in this area. As a, as a fairly new person here, I get mixed reviews on that. You get a lot of people who've been here for a long time and it's getting too busy and the traffic's kind of crazy, which again, it's all relative because I lived in Chicago and lived in other cities right. and the traffic isn't close to that. No way. But it's, I mean, even as a native who's seen it on a quieter, in a quieter time, you're loving kind of where it's going though. Yeah, and I'm kind of, uh, I could, being an outdoorsman, I, you know, I love mountain biking, I love hiking, and I mm-hmm. love all of what it has to offer here in the Springs. So I could uh, be perfectly content if no one ever moved here ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my wife and I, when we got off the road, we were looking at moving to Denver, Fort Collins, just because it was more vibrant. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were kind of wanting at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're we're looking right before we started axe in the oak and i'm i'm really happy we stayed yeah. because there's just, there is some really cool things going on here the youngsters that are graduating from colorado springs are staying in colorado mm. springs and not moving to chicago yeah. or la or whatever so it's it's just been fun to watch because yeah, yeah I, you know i used to race 
dirt bikes out on like Powers and Mark Shuffle. Mm. There was nothing here. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing here. And uh and and I, I do have to say, like it was it was stagnant for a long time. Yeah. You know. And it was hard for youngsters out of high school or college to stay. Yeah, you had to go somewhere else to yeah, get have going. fun. Yeah. If you weren't to, in, into the outdoors, the the nightlife, the food, the beverage, it was just mm-hmm. uh, it's dismal. Yeah. yeah. And I can relate to that. That's part of the reason we moved to Chicago after college or after we got married just to get our careers going. There wasn't much in where we lived in Indiana in certain towns and you know to to kind of get going on a good on a good start. That's where you had to go to the large cities and get those opportunities, but it's it's nice when they have in the industry, the world has changed so much since back then. I mean, yeah. again, you can start businesses out of your house and do some stuff like that. You don't have to go work for the brick and mortar, work for the man. So things have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Last last couple of questions, just thinking about like just family life a little bit. And um, we've talked a little bit about faith, um, but you've been married 15 years, I think, right? Yeah, um, September will be. Yeah, but you mentioned that the other day. You've got a five-year-old, but I know that your wife, She's you talked a little bit the other day when we, you and I met of, um, you know, she owns El Magre and she's, she's had her hands or started some other businesses over the years. Yeah. What's it like? Um, so it definitely seems like that entrepreneurial bug's not going away for either one of you anytime soon. So what's it, what's it like in your house being, having both, Entrepreneurs, husband and wife, also being parents, though, like, mm-hmm. is that a chaotic experience? Or do you try to create some some yeah. peace and tranquility in there as much as possible? Or how does that? For sure, yeah. That? It's uh, you know, it's uh, been very chaotic at times yeah. because uh, you know things are really busy and acts in the oak and money's starting a completely new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, having the five year old, so the last five years have been been pretty wild, but we have a we have a pretty good balance right now. You know, I I eat breakfast with him every morning. Yeah. And I eat dinner with him every night. And, uh, um, you know, Monday and I are running so fast and uh, we're running in different directions, but we we still uh, make time. Our communication still, I ain't gonna lie, it ain't the best, <laughs> it ain't the best. But uh, but we make it work. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just love them both dearly and we have a lot of fun. and. Man, my son Walker, he's just the coolest kid ever. Mm. He's just so much fun. That's cool. And uh, I'm really excited for Monday. She's got some some good stuff going. She's got a good business partner, and um, it's uh, it's doing well up there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm asking more for advice. My wife, I mean, my wife works out of the house. I have my own business out of the house, and we have a six year old, so he's at school now. He just started kindergarten, but yeah. Do you guys do you try to? sort of create some barriers around your house where that's a sanctuary space or, or does does everything sort of bleed into itself? I mean, do you have work that kind of gets in there or do you try to protect certain areas of your, of your space? Of yeah, I, th- I think how we're geared. Monday's geared to where we'll get off work, we'll have dinner, we'll chill out as a family mm-hmm. until 8, 8.30. And the kind of the beautiful part is my wife and my son go to bed on the same day oh, time. Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. And I'm a I'm a night owl. Yeah. So um, if I have to do anything uh, work related, yeah, it's it's after they've already hit hit the pillow. Perfect. You know? And uh, so I'll be up till two in the morning, and we'll get up at seven. Yeah. And, uh, and have some breakfast. So it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, when you think back, kind of on your your life, you talked about a lot of people who've. who've um, I'm stuck through a lot of a lot of different times of life. You know, friends from from high school, from from junior high. Who were some of the people who you look back and think you know those were certain, hugely influential in your life and kind of where you are today? Uh, yeah, um, 
you know, obviously mom and dad, um, mm-hmm. my, my bros have been through a lot of crazy situations, uh, you know, good, good and bad. And I'm, I'm so thankful for my bros. Mm-hmm. Like they're just good dudes. Um, my stepsister, Mikkel, um, my wife is like, she's just a great sounding board. Mm-hmm. And, um, like I'll, I'll be, uh, most of the time I'm doing something stupid. And yeah. so she'll be like, she'll, you know, talk me down. Or, yeah. Um, and, or I'll, I'll be like, oh, you know, what about this? And like, she'll just have the, the perfect answer, you know? So mm. yeah, she's, she's great in that, in that sense. And then I, I do, man, Joe, I, I have, I have such good friends, mm. such good family. I have, my dad's side was huge. And so I have like a million cousins on one side. And then on my mom's side, I have one cousin. Oh, wow. So it's really wild. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, very, very close friends from from elementary, mm. junior high, high school, and then every tour that I've ever done. Wow. And it's just, it just, it's special. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. It really is special. Yeah, Faith, uh, John Morris, and, and Gary Laxon, um, John Lane. Um, yeah, I've had some, some yeah. great people in my life. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome have them come into your life and just stay there for a while which is great yeah um we talked a little bit the other day about just faith and and where it sits in our lives and i think we we both kind of pretty quickly expressed like the tension we feel within the church and the the, the issues i think we've personally had in our own lives from time to time and i guess how would you describe where faith sits in your life today is it is it a does it mean a lot is it um uh, yeah, Is there, yeah. Yeah. Faith, uh, you know, really means a lot, a lot for, for my wife and myself. Yeah. Um, cool seeing, seeing Walker and, and, and church now and everything. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, in the church it gets very, uh, overcomplicated at mm, times. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm at the point in my life and my walk, uh, that, I love love God. I love, I love Jesus. Um, um, but uh, I want to keep things simple. Yeah. And just love people. I don't want to put on a show. Um, and I just want to. I want to realize that man. God's here. God saved me. God did all these things, and uh, and I kind of I, you know I. It's kind of weird saying I want to leave it at that, mm-hmm. but I think it. Uh, I think uh, Christianity's been spun in a, a very weird way. Um, people are looking for certain things and wanting to, you know, b- build build their little box. For sure. And uh, yeah, man, I just want to. Uh, I want to believe. Yeah. And I want to help people. Want to love people. And uh, that's that's kind of kind of it. And it's really about that simple. I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing. Is I think that's what we talked about the other day. It was just stripping off a lot of the the extracurriculars that we like to throw into that mix. And it isn't. It can be a lot more simple than we we oh, make man. it. Oh man, yeah. Well, I don't know why. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. How that's does crazy. that? How do you let your faith impact your business? Um, yeah, is it intentional to kind of put those things together and bleed them together, or, or sort of do you try to separate them in some respects? Yeah, I, d- I don't. I think once you once you bleed, like a lot of people that I deal with on the on the daily know that I'm a, I'm a believer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I think if if you bleed sometimes, it 
turns into uh, a forceful feeling mm. that oh what, well what's this guy doing this yeah. is just another guy he's got the fish on his car or whatever that the case may be but yeah um, I, I don't want to be that I, I, I want to I want to be kind mm-hmm. I want to respect respect people um, and uh, I want to I meet people where they are because uh, through through my lifetime through my walk I've been uh, uh, religion or Christianity or you know it's it's been forced upon me I never want that mm-hmm. yeah I definitely want to uh, just meet people where they are people yeah. are in some you know this life that we live is hard and uh, and so I just uh, yeah if I'm if I'm able to just chill out with some people cool yeah 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 and I do, I do think there's it's always hard to define sometimes I've worked at some organizations who led with that Jesus fish you know the yeah and it got to be so forced and it got to be a little unreal and it is trying to hard you know I'm kind of the same tension you have of I don't want to deny it and not put it into the business but I also mm-hmm. don't want it to necessarily be stamped all over the place and and yeah. um, come across as uh, the wrong motive and, and on, you know the yeah. wrong intentions behind it yeah I you know I, I used to I wasn't a good dude yeah and um, then uh, thankfully I found I, I found Jesus um but I, you know, I work where I have a lot of employees now that we have a lot of employees now that don't know Jesus. We work every day with people in, in every sector. Um, and it's just like, oh, no, yeah. no, let's just, uh, you know, let's be, let, let's be nice mm-hmm. one. And, uh, Hey, if that door opens there, cool. But, um, yeah, there's, there's so many people in, in such different uh seasons mm-hmm. it, it's really hard uh to to go there yeah so. and this 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 whole area is interesting um my wife and i've really enjoyed that because you know it's open to those conversations i guess it probably depends on your perspective for us it's it seems to be a good balance it's not too it's not an oppressive uh area other people might have a different story based on their own background their own stories but we've we found a good mix of people who are open to that conversation and also those who are uh, fine with staying away from that conversation too, and um, but also don't aren't ready to cut you off just because you brought it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. What is it about this town? I mean, just as we kind of close this up, you've been here your whole life. Like, what is it about this town that makes it so special to you? Uh, you know, some, a lot of people would say it's not very diverse, but I think it's very diverse with uh, uh, with all the people flowing in and out of Colorado Springs with military. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, with all of the uh, religious base, Christianity base. Um, there's it's it's huge here. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just having having all it's 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 pretty wild thinking about. But um, I I just like that aspect of how diverse it is because people are like, oh well, you have a million military bases there, and you have a million Christian organizations there. But you have this and this and this and that going on as well, and you have all this outdoors stuff going on. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it it's funny, you know, where social media is gone these days, and and just where all these uh, all these chats spike up, and yeah. man, people are all over, and the you know they put themselves in this little pocket, and they're they're cursing that that you know that sector and yeah. this person's cursing that sector it's, it's funny yeah you know, so i just kind of hang back yeah but i love it and you it seems like you're very intentional about kind of giving back to this community why is that 
important to you? Just whether it's just your own personal involvement as a business. I mean, no, yeah, I just um, I want to see Colorado Springs succeed. Mm. That's that's it. You mm-hmm. know, I want Colorado to succeed because I have awesome friends and family here, and I have an awesome family here, and I plan on staying here for for the rest of my life. Yeah. Honestly, um, you know, we'll see. My my wife, she. She's one of those gals that wants to pick up and move yeah. to Fort Collins and then this place, you know. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I could very easily, you know, never travel again yeah. and stay here in, in Colorado and be completely content. Good day, yeah. What is next for you, for the business? Anything new on, this horizon, on the horizon you want to share? Uh, let's see here. So we have, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of releases in 2020. It's mm-hmm. going to be a great year. Um, we're doing a big barrel project. So we're going to have a port finished and a cognac finished and a Lafroig scotch finished and a tequila finished wow. and a ruby port. Uh, I said that already. So a Zinsara. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're working on a couple gins. Mm-hmm. We're working on... Uh, uh, butterscotch liqueur. Wow. Um, man, just all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, my, my family down at the whiskey, all, all the, the, the whole crew that works for us, they're, they're family mm-hmm. and I love working with them and I, uh, I love what they're doing down there. They're very, very, very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really incredible mixologist. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. Like the work, they're working on this like peanut, it's a peanut liqueur. Wow. It is literally like a salted, and it is the best thing I've had. And Sounds it's crazy. Long, yeah. It's really yeah. good. Um, so we're just always concocting different things yeah. and, uh, and trying to have as much fun as we can. Um, we're we're going to try to, in 2020 or 2021, we're going to move the distillery hmm. um, into a bigger location. Okay. We're... Uh, we're about to purchase a, a bigger distillation system that would that would triple our current production. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of stuff happening in the next year or two. Yeah. Um, and it should be just yeah, just a wonderful year. And then uh, yeah, uh, personally, my my wife and I just bought a little property in a little cabin in Westcliff, Colorado, that mm. we're gonna rebuild. And I'm uh, I'm building a, I'm still a gearhead. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm. I'm I'm building a car for uh, Bonneville 2020. 2020, okay, yeah. Yep, so August. Awesome. August You're going to be racing in that, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Cool, man. Thanks so much for the time today. It's been a lot Thank of you. fun. Yeah, this and is cool. I'll be over at your, your place pretty soon, I'm sure, again. All right. <laughs> Just over there not too long ago, but I'll have to get back. So. Good deal. Thanks, Good to man. see you, man. Thanks. You've been listening to Metaphorically Speaking. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For more information and to check out our full library of entrepreneurial interviews, visit keyholemarketing.us. Also, feel free to send us an email anytime at hi at keyholemarketing.us. Thank you for listening.